Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. The new and improved version of the show, Second Amendment Radio, is always going to be about guns and gun laws and gun rights and Second Amendment stuff. Uh, But we are also going to, and we already did this anyway, but we're now just going to sort of officially expand the show into talking about fishing and hunting and camping and sportsman stuff and outdoor stuff. So that's going to be... uh, a new part of the show, and we appreciate you joining us for the show. Uh, today, we've got a great one for you. First, the return of my long-lost brother from another mother, Aaron Tarlow, the owner of Southern Armory. It's been like a month yeah. since I've seen four. you, since you've been on the yeah. show. It's ridiculous. Four weeks. It's been gone since for the, so long. Uh, since the format changed. Yeah, yeah I know. Said, you know you're, you're here every four to six weeks. I well, said, well, that's... We, okay, we'll roll with it. We we'll need see. to have you here more than that, for sure. Uh, what's happening at uh, at Southern Armory? Well, Glocktober was awesome. Uh, the wife was like, "Man, this was this was a good event." You know, we did a lot of Blue Label stuff, lots of orders coming in, lots of satisfied customers. So that's always a, a giant plus. Uh, I've been working out the schedule for the upcoming uh, defensive pistol classes and and CCW classes and stuff. And a lot of people have been like, "Hey, what's this defensive pistol?" Like, I don't know if I'm that advanced. And it's like it's just like kind of a the next step after you get your basic pistol, which you got to remember your basic pistol is just your CCW class. Right. You know, that's just, you know, your your six steps of marksmanship and cleaning and care and safe storage and ammo. And then we kind of jump into that where we, here, here's a holster, you know, we're going to shoot at some different distances. We're going to do a little bit more. We have a fat simulator, our training simulator, which is mm-hmm. a... Great tool. You guys use that in law enforcement, don't you, Sheriff? Yeah, Sheriff Dave Marshak yep. from Jefferson County is here so, as well, going to be joining us for the day. entire show. So, so we got uh, a good one today. The the, the FAT simulator, Farm Strain Simulator, puts uh, the participants of that, that that next level class, right, in the home invasion, the carjacking, the uh, robbery, and, you know, convenience store, bank, you know, wherever you're at. So mm-hmm. uh, we use that a little bit. Then we go to the range and we do some failures, you know, just more failures. You learn failures in the CCW class, but then we do more failures in the next class. And it doesn't so, matter how good you think you are or nope. how long you've been shooting or how long you've been a gun owner. Yeah. It's always a good idea to yeah. get a little bit of extra training. Yeah. I mean, that goes, for, that goes for law enforcement too, right, Sheriff? I mean... It's always good to have a refresher course in that kind well, of stuff. Well, the reality is for firearms, um, these are perishable skills. And so mm. um, they are perishable skills for law enforcement, and they are for a homeowner um, or somebody that uh, is a CCW holder. You know, the more that you handle the firearm, the more proficient you are, and the more you shoot, um, the better you are at hitting your target. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, So I, they're all perishable skills, and, you know, to, to be proficient, you need to keep up and maintain that training. Yep. So it's, I got a I got a funny story. Kind of adds some credibility to what Sheriff's saying. Uh, after I got done with my paramedic license, I said, "Hey, maybe I can start shooting again." 
So one of my buddies and I went down to the gun club and I'm like, oh, I'm going to clear this plate rack in six rounds because they're six, like the six inch targets, you know, or at 25 yards. And I'm like, miss, miss, miss. I'm looking at the gun. I'm like, what is wrong with this thing? <laughs> and, then, and then I finally was like, all right, hold on. Think about this, Aaron. Okay. Ping, 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 you know, but I had to like physically think where before it was just like an extension of my hand, I could just point it. Right. And I could knock down what I wanted, you know, effortlessly. Right. And then, you know, I mean, I've, we've been back out since and now I'm, I'm back to where I was, you know, I'm but shooting that's you, a lot. A right? gun yeah. show, a, a gun store owner, a person yeah. who teaches CCW, who mm-hmm. shoots all the time, who still right. need, if you're, if but, you're, if, if a professional athlete didn't play the sport or practice right. for a period of time. They even they though they're be, the best of the best, they would be rusty. Yeah. They would and, need and I'll point out, you know, you have work. the preseason for hockey and you have preseason for baseball right. where they play, you know, for a few months prior and they play a bunch of games. So uh, it's the same thing for farms owners, you need to get out and the farms training simulator is great because and my daughter's getting into zombies. By the way, oh, just throw cool. that. that's a proud dad moment too. Nice. And uh, so we got a new update and my wife's like, Yeah, go in there and check it out. So I was in there and you know the zombies you got shoot you got where do you gotta shoot a zombie? In the head, right? So, yeah. So, yeah, right. Oh, I'm just they saying. Blow their he- arms and, and legs off. That's not going to do Right, anything. yeah. And, and my other thing is double tap, right? So, I'm just, I'm in there and I'm in there with a, another buddy. He's an EMT um, and he, he works here in uh, St. Louis. And um, he's in there and he's shooting, you know, and he's like, How do you think you're going to do? I'm like, I don't know. He got like 40 of like the 50 targets, right? He's like 130 rounds. And so I'm like, I don't know. We'll see. So I ended up getting like 48 nice. and used about the same number of rounds, but I was double tapping every one of them in the head. He's just looking at me. He kept telling me, he's like, this gun's off. This gun's off. And I'm like, I don't know. We'll see. Wait for me to get up. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I, like, I don't think it's off, buddy. I've never practiced zombie shooting. No, oh, you I, need I, to come I, in I've and never, do that. Yeah. I've never practiced zombie shooting. Well, yeah. I will tell you, though, um, that as, a, <laughs> as a, an extension of the conversation and those firearm skills being perishable, I will tell you that... It also comes down to muscle memory. It does yeah. for law enforcement. And if you're a CCW holder and you're switching up holsters from time to time, yeah. <clears throat> you know, you're going to resort back to that muscle memory. And um, during a critical incident, it's even more important. And um, switching those holsters and not having a good grasp of what it is that, you know, yeah. your brain's telling your fingers to do to pull that firearm uh, could end up in some deadly consequences or valuable time that's lost. And so um, just to reinforce that, you know, the need for um, that practice and the training, uh, even if you're, you know, unholstering to shoot at zombies, right. um, you know, you, to maintain consistency on that holster, uh, you're going to be it's in a huge. much better situation when it comes to, uh, you know, retrieving your firearm. Right. Mm-hmm. And and that's one thing, too, in this class, like we, you, this is the first time some people even put a holster on. So you're going through all the steps where, you know, you right. grip it and then you either some have like a paddle release, some have a. Uh, like what you got on the the Serpa, where you got a, a, a like a f- trigger finger release, um, and you know you're pulling it straight up, and then you're pressing it out, and and so a lot of these people just need like the breakdown, like hey, these are the steps of firing, you know, drawing from a holster. These just like when we taught you, like these are the steps of shooting a pistol, right? Um, so really, you know, come and and learn, and mm-hmm. um, you know, I love seeing when people are like notebooking it, like they're yeah. taking notes. I'm like, yeah, yeah perfect, because now you can go home. And you've got all your notes and everything else. So mm-hmm. and we have a lot of people come through that class multiple times. It's, you know, it's really kind of, I thought it was weird at first, you know, seeing like the same faces all the time. And I'm like, okay. That's you know, good, they though. Just, they just want it. Yeah. They just want a perspective. And then sometimes they come to the class and then I'll see them in the shop and they're getting in the farms training simulator and they're like, hey, can you come in here for a minute? And I'm like, yeah, what's going on? Is it broken? And they're like, no, 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 no. Can you just watch me? I'm like, sure. Yeah. I got 
Yeah. Shop slow. What's, go, <laughs> what's going on? You know, so uh, they get like a little impromptu. It's like a hitting coach yeah. going into a batting cage with, yeah. with somebody. And, and they get like a little impromptu lesson. Watch me and swing. See what I'm doing thing. wrong. Right. And, uh, you know, we do the same thing in the shop with new gun owners. Like, hey, this is how you grip it. Like, you know, how does it feel? Is it comfortable in your hands? Can you press the trigger? Can you rack the slide? Before you even sell them a gun. So even when they come in and they're just trying to purchase a gun for the first time, they're getting like a basic pistol lesson awesome. on, you know, mm-hmm. stance and grip and trigger control and sight alignment, sight picture and follow through and everything else. So, um, and if you don't know what those things were I just named off, you need to come in. You need to you come need in. Come in. <laughs> you need to come yeah. in uh, so we can go over them with you and then... All of our participants have to have a holster, have to have snap caps, and we have all that stuff in store. And uh, the snap caps are great because we're setting up double feeds, you know, and depending on what gun you carry, double feeds happen. Um, not with Glock. Glock's perfect. Glock 19, baby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or Dan West in 1911. Have yet to have that happen on that gun. Other guns, yes. Well, hopefully um, you refuse to sell them cheap ammunition. Right. But if I have one yeah. pet peeve, it it's is... the hard primers. Uh, and, it oh, is man. cheap ammunition yeah. because... I can tell you I've, I've taught hundreds of people in CCW, and they will show up to the range, and everybody has different guns that yeah. they were loaned, or, they or maybe they bought the white, it, they all have and they the go white buy box. the cheapest yeah. ammunition possible, uh, and we start having issues right off the yeah. bat. So yeah. I hope or, you have quali- or, quality or the, ammunition. Or, and and I'm not quality ammunition Not there. knocking another brand, but there's another brand that's in a black box, um, maybe from a foreign country. And uh, hmm. lots of hard primers in that, too. And so you have to explain people, like, yeah, that box is a dollar less you can buy it at this big, you know, big box store. I guess you could buy it at the big box store. I don't think they're selling it anymore. Thank you, by the way. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, we've seen our ammo sales go up. But uh, we don't carry the, che- the cheap ammo. You know, we're carrying the uh, Fiocchi and, like, Magtech, like, good, solid brands. Every time you press trigger, it goes bang. CCI is another great one for, like, your, for the guys that are, like, in 22s. Like, you know, get CCI. Believe me. You'll, you'll thank me later. <laughs> so, uh, but, yeah, that's – they don't understand that the – Okay, so you run the machine faster so you can produce more ammunition. That's the only way you're going to make it cheaper. And then you're bidding out the cheapest primers, the cheapest powders, and the cheapest projectiles. And the primers are always harder, and they have to be harder because you're running the machines faster. You don't want the primers to go off. So then they're like, well, my gun didn't pop the primer. And it's like, yeah, it's a hard primer. Like, they have to be that way. They have mm-hmm. to be, you know, pretty heavy-duty uh, components because they're running the machine so fast they don't want anything, you know, going off and pulling the top off a building. And uh, I've had buddies that are manufacturers like small scale. We actually carry one of them in the store. And when I say small scale, I mean like six, eight machines. And I go over and help him load because I, I like technical stuff. I like learning. And yeah. and there's no better way to get immersed in that atmosphere to be like, oh, that's how you do this. That's how you do that. This is how you spot check stuff. And so, you know, that's how you become super knowledgeable. So I would go over and literally help him load ammo from pistol ammunition to rifle ammunition, even shotgun stuff. And uh, he was like, yeah, I remember when I first started this business, like 10 or 12 years ago, he goes, I was running the machine pretty quick. And uh, one of the primers uh, detonated in the tube. And he goes, I was picking components out of the ceiling, the drop ceiling. Wow. And I was like, really? He goes, yeah. He goes, it was so loud, I thought somebody was shooting. And I was hmm. like, that's insane. But, you know, he had like a, probably 50 or 100 primers go off. Uh, um, and, and I think as long as you're willing to either invest in it yourself, right, uh-huh. to demand quality. Yeah. Um, if you're, you know, if you're, a, uh, you know, somebody that does it at your home, um, but you have the standards to make sure that the primer's always going to go off, and that, you know, that round's always going to fire. I think that's a critical piece. And uh, never try to save money when it comes to ammunition. Right. So whether you whether you do it yourself um, or whether you go to a store like Southern Army, you know, 
pay the little extra, get good ammo so when you need it to yeah. protect yourself, it's going to work. You don't have to worry about it. You have confidence in your weapon, um, and I think you're going to uh, right. be out and about and right. feel a little bit more comfortable yeah. with your environment. And I want to, Chad, I want to wrap this segment oh, okay. uh, just a, a little bit early because I want to get into some discussions with uh, Aaron and the sheriff uh, in the next segment. I'm going to tell a story that I told last week, but I w- there was no law enforcement person here. When I told the story last week, and so I really want to get uh, Sheriff Marshak's thoughts on a, a personal story that happened to me. Also, uh, I've known Aaron for so long and done this show with him for so long that I take Black wanted Friday. you to be oh, okay. here whenever I told this story, too. So I want to get your thoughts on it as well. Uh, before we go to break, yeah, uh, just finish uh, up a uh, couple what's, things. What's happening? Uh, yeah, like you said, I know Glocktober's over, but Black Friday's right yeah. around the corner. Black Friday's coming up. Uh, so that's, uh, we always do the buy a gun, get a free CC. CW class or defensive pistol class that on Cyber Monday oh, we awesome. set the website up so you guys can come in if you don't need a firearm. Imagine you firearm is, we can special order it. We don't have to have it in stock. We're happy to do whatever. Um, and then Cyber Monday comes up. We're closed on Mondays, but you can still get on the website and uh, book a CCW class. I think we do those normally 50% off, so we're going to continue continue that uh, mm-hmm. in for Cyber Monday. So awesome. uh, that is that is coming up, and uh, you'll hear the advertisements on 97.1. Um, you know, that week before and then the week mm-hmm. of for like six days straight. So, um, yeah. Where, where's Southern Armory? Uh, 9901. <laughs> so, <laughs> on. It's been like four weeks. Give I me know, a second. Right? <laughs> the Southern Armory, located one mile east of 270 and 44. 9901 Watson Road and SouthernArmory.com. SouthernArmory.com. That's SouthernArmory.com. Oh, wow. See, go. nobody now, forgot the I know. The now, oh, yeah, man, feeling that good. was rough. All right. So, if you were listening to last week's show, uh, you know my tree trimming story. Uh, if you weren't, uh, you're going to hear it for the first time. And I'm so glad that Sheriff Marshak is here because I want to get the law enforcement perspective of what happened to me just a couple weeks ago in my own backyard. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors on 97.1 FM Talk. Welcome back to Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors, 97.1 FM Talk. Producer Chad Ellis... Aaron Tarlow, the owner of Southern Armory, uh, Sheriff Dave Marshak from Jefferson County, all in studio. Got a great show for you. So glad you are listening. If you missed anything from that first segment or you want to just hear it again or you want to make sure that you don't miss anything on Second Amendment Radio, make sure you download our podcast absolutely free. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The best way to do so is on the Radio.com app, which has the brand new Radio Rewind feature, which is super cool. So if you are listening to live radio, if you're streaming the station live on the Radio.com app, you can now rewind live radio. Kind of like watching TV with a DVR. Super cool stuff. You can rewind, I think, as far back as 24 hours and then of course uh, if you missed anything you can and it's been more than 24 hours you can always download the podcast of Second Amendment Radio or any of the other any of the other shows here on 97.1 right there off of the radio.com app super super cool stuff so 
Here's my story. All right. Hit me with it. So it's been now. This was a couple Sundays ago now, I guess. Oh. Um, so you did something fun on a Sunday and you didn't invite me. <laughs> so, That's fine. Well, I was, That's cut, fine. I was cutting the grass. I was I was cutting the grass. I was at more. It was more. Uh, it was more mulching, mulching leaves, leaves than yeah. I was cutting grass. But if anybody knows me, I have a little bit of a OCD, and I may get, I may start a job, and then that job will uh, sort of go down a rabbit hole and become a second job and a third job and a fourth job. So I was mulching leaves, and it was later in the afternoon. This was, I think, right before the time change, so it wasn't uh, it wasn't getting dark at five o'clock. It was getting yeah. dark at six o'clock, and so it was getting close to six o'clock as I was wrapping up my uh, my leaf mulching. And in my backyard, along my back fence line, I have these massive bushes. They're like almost like a tree bush hybrid. They're ten feet tall. They look like big trees almost but when you get up underneath them it's not like they have individual trunks it's like a bunch of different vines Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of dead branches up under there and so i saw a couple of them sticking out and i went up under there with uh with a trimmer and cut out a couple dead branches and then but once then i was up underneath there i saw a whole bunch more so it's getting dark and so uh i go back into my garage and i get a headlamp from our buddy, I got a Intervine mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> from Flashlight Mike Intervine um, uh, headlamp, and I've got my, I've got headphones on because I'm listening to a podcast. I had been cutting the grass, and so I usually am listening to a podcast or something when I'm cutting the grass. And then, guy behind me has a, a dog that is constantly barking, especially if you're anywhere near the fence. And I was literally right on the back fence line, so. It's a whole lot better than listening to this dog bark and, uh, you know, in my ear the whole time. So I've got my headphones on, I've got my headlamp on, and I'm up under my trees and I'm trimming these branches. And I'd probably been doing it for at least a half an hour. I mean, it was a lot. Once I got underneath there, like I said, it just got out of control OCD. I'm trimming every dead branch I can find. And so I've been doing this for a while, and then suddenly I hear a, vo- a human voice. Yeah. I think I hear a human voice over the headphones and the dog and everything. Yeah. And so I take the headphones out, and I say, hello? And, and I literally, I mean, I'm, I'm like crouched underneath branches. Every, right. I mean, I can't see a thing. Out. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just deep in this me- mess of branches and vines and everything else. And I say, Hello? And no response. And I say it again. I say, hello. And I hear, you're about to get shot. And I I mean, I'm in my backyard (laughs) trimming branches, right? And so I say, excuse me? He says, and I hear this voice, you're about to get shot. And I said, well, you better hit me because I shoot back. Yeah. And he says, what are you doing? And I said, I'm trimming my my tree branches. He goes, "I've I've been hollering at you for five minutes. And I said, well, I got headphones on. And he says, you better take your headphones on off or you're going to get shot. And I said, I don't think it's against the law to wear headphones. And I said, I said, in my backyard? Right. And then I hear a woman, I guess his wife, this was the, I guess the neighbor yeah. catty corner to me. Yeah. Because I was kind of in the back corner of my house. Yeah. And she says, well, you got a flashlight on in the dark. Again, not, I don't think there's anything not, wrong not with illegal. what I'm doing. Not yes. illegal. So we kind of get into a little bit of an argument, and he's like, "You need to keep your headphones off, or you're gonna get you're gonna get yourself in a pro, you know bad situation or something." And you know, I, I can't remember exactly the word said, Might but anyway, he ends up, you know, is, yeah, go ahead. So I end up saying, "I again, and I can't see anything. I'm right. up underneath these tree branches. 
I don't even I, I assume where he who he is because of where his voice is coming from. But yeah. I never even see this guy. And I've never even talked to this neighbor. Well, you're going to talk to him this now. Is, yeah. so, <laughs> this is why it's good to have these conversations, yeah. right? So, exactly. so we can just say, so, don't be that guy. Right? 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 So, okay. So now, now I have all kinds of questions in my head. Because, one, I didn't have a gun on me. The gun was in the house. The shotgun? And, that's, yeah. That's, that's really hard to stuff right. out. Yeah, 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 I don't have, yeah the gun, I don't have a gun on me while I'm trimming trees. Probably time to take mulching one. leaves. Um but I'm thinking after all this happens, you know, my adrenaline is up. I'm oh, kind of yeah. pissed because I was I'm in my own backyard yeah. doing yard work Caffeine and suddenly that, by the way. feel like I'm getting threatened, you know, not feel like suddenly you, I'm you being were. threatened yeah. uh with being shot. And so I start thinking all I I start going through all these different scenarios in my mind. Yeah. Like what if I would have had a gun on me? What um, if I decided to shoot him? What if, you know, like, what, did, did he break a law by by saying that to me? I don't know about saying How that, far but. could I have got, like, what could I have done at that point if I did have my gun on me? Like, Sheriff, how, it, you know, I can laugh about it now, but in all honesty, how dangerous of a situation were he and I suddenly in when he tells me, take your headphones off because you're going to get shot? You know, I think let's, let's. As the context that you shared it with me, uh, and that's what I have to respond sure. to based uh-huh. on what you're telling me. Sure, sure. Um, definitely diffuse the situation, right? You already said that you weren't armed. You're on your own property. You're not in a tactical advantage to win anything at that point. You can't see anything. You're up, you know, trimming bushes. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, got I, a headlight on. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, <laughs> I think, uh, you know, tactically, uh, you're not in the best position, of course. Um, you know, often I would just say cooler heads prevail, right? We're talking about a neighbor. Um you know, let things calm down and then go back and address it just so you know, you know, comfortably you're not going to have to deal with this situation again. And, um, and that's probably my best remedy for it. You know, uh, I don't know that you should have to arm yourself to, you know, trim some bushes in (laughs) your own yard. Right. And and I don't think that you should feel insecure. Uh, you know, and I don't know that you should feel fenced in property, by the way. It's not like I'm even, it's not fair, but we don't know you know, just to put in context, we don't know anything about your neighbor based on what you know. Sure. It was, was this a mental health situation? You know, is is the spouse familiar with deterioration of a mental health uh, issue? Mm-hmm. You know, you don't know those things. Well, My, he said to me that they, they've had some problems around here lately, and he just wanted to make sure that... And now, if he'd been paying attention, I had he, been laying on the ground for 30 minutes yeah. underneath trees. And, and doing yard so work if I was up to yeah, If yeah. I was up to no good, I don't think, it'd be, I don't think I'd been spending 30 minutes In underneath a, a tree. Yeah, that's a little you know, weird. Uh, that, that, I wasn't moving around anybody's backyards or homes or anything like that. So if, he, if he observed me for as long as he said he did. Right. I mean, yeah. it's definitely atypical, right? It's not right. A, a, I wouldn't think it would be a common situation, but... I would think if you could diffuse that situation that you don't have a good advantage, um, you already said the weapon's not on you, um, how are you going to defend yourself, even if you, you know, uh, push him, right, yeah. to the next level. Let's I wasn't even it, in a position where I could there's stand a lot up. Of, there's a yeah. lot of, cre- you know, we talk about this with firearms, you know, you almost have to have more discipline oftentimes, right. and in these situations, you know, and the reality is you could escalate the situation by encouraging mm-hmm. a, you know, a more robust response from him so maybe i would just maybe what i said you better hit me because i shoot back was not the best thing <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah probably not the i don't thing. i don't think that was, was my be- i don't think it was the best one i was know? terrified at that moment right. you know i was like you right. know i was scared it was the first thing that i said after he said you're about to get i mean the I first thing back. i hear is 
you're about to get shot. Yeah. I yeah. mean, and I had never, well, maybe not never, but it's been a long time since I've heard somebody say those words, and I certainly was caught off guard, and like you, and like you just illustrated, Sheriff, I was in a very vulnerable position. I couldn't even see where this you're was coming from too. in the dark, and I hear somebody say, you're about to get shot, yep. and you know, it scared me. So the the other thing I'll, I'll say, and I tell people this pretty regularly, is, you know, confrontation is not necessarily a, a great thing. Like, if you think there's a crime being perpetrated, let's say, you know, you think there's somebody trying to break in your neighbor's house, uh, the cops are certified, right? So you can call 911 and say, hey, I think somebody's trying to break in my neighbor's house, and the cops will show up, right? and, you know... If you give a description of the suspect, they'll stop the suspect and and they'll question the suspect, etc. So you know, in What's that the case, suspect look like right? Yeah, he's, I don't a, know, he's, he's a, a light dancing he's a, around in the back. Yeah, he's in a bush. <laughs> he's on his own property. I think that would right. you know, yeah, If I was going to offer one more thing, you know, I think it's, you know, look, I'm on my own property. Yeah. Um, you know, if there was confusion about the, doing the property work. line, yeah. Uh, but it is a scary. Listen, based on what you described, it's a scary situation, and there are overzealous people everywhere. Um, that possess firearms mm -hmm. and and that's why we always talk about that discipline component you know don't necessarily um unnecessarily interject yourself into a situation absolutely and introduce that firearm into a situation that it doesn't need to be there right and that's where the discipline comes mm -hmm. in and and uh, if I came across your neighbor, I would offer some good quality advice in that arena, uh, and tell him that it's not necessary to confront every single, right. you know, possible backyard. perceivable threat out there. Uh, sometimes you, you know, you have to use discipline. Right, and it could have just been like, "Hey, man, what are you doing in that bush?" And you could have been like, "Oh, I'm trimming it up because I see all these dead, you know, dead, well, dead things in here." Well, and, and we both, we all know. The, right. There have, like you just said, both of you just said, there are overzealous people, especially these days in the climate that we're in. And I could, again, as I'm sitting there and I'm rewinding it in my head after it, it was over with and I'm thinking about all the different things that could have happened. I mean, the, if, if I would have had a gun on me, I wouldn't have shot. You know, that's just not who I am. I, I wouldn't uh, – it, it wouldn't we – were, we were nowhere near that line as far as I'm personally concerned. But he might you're not going to tell me that there weren't yeah. that there right. aren't people. Uh, well, and you're not going to. I'm. Can, I know for sure that there are other people in this world. Yeah. That if that would have happened to them, they would have said, "Well, I now feel like my life is in danger, Absolutely. and I'm on my own property." Yeah. I could see people saying, "I'm in completely. Right. I'm, I have every right to to defend myself." So now with you're, the gun in a, at this you're in point. a Mexican standoff. They've yeah, got or, guns on you, and you've you know, got I guns had, on them. And just talking about the discipline, you know, I had uh, a situation where I was traveling. Uh, I was with a couple of buddies. We were getting ready to bow hunt, um, and I was pulling a large trailer. And somebody pulled into the gas station, and an individual thought I had cut him off. And, yeah, and I, I didn't see him. And um, you know, he pulled up to the gas pumps to explain to me how he thought. <laughs> Thought about our interaction, you know, via the traffic <laughs> and describe and, and you know, honestly, you know how so I felt I was, about you as you a know, person. I was armed. My, yeah, my, my car door was open. Uh, there's uh, OC, you know, spray uh, there. That's a great component um, to carrying your right car, there, by the way. Next to the left. Uh, I had a firearm on me. I am with uh, two really good shooters. Uh, one of them uh, used to be a professional athlete. Uh, he's, you know, six foot six. Oh, is this and, your undersheriff? And, uh, yeah. And he's a captain with us. Oh, captain, and, okay. you know, uh, I felt very comfortable in my environment, um, but I didn't push it, you mm -hmm. know? I mean, he was clearly upset. He was having an, an issue, and, and he was sharing his thoughts with me. And I went on about my business. <laughs> and uh, But I use that example to share with you. You know, I'm with two other police officers. 
Um, everybody's physically fit. We weren't going to lose a fight, right? Yeah. And so, um, but again, we diffused the situation. We went on about our business, pretend it didn't really bother us. And, you know, yeah. and, and so I think there's uh, those times in which, you know, you, you have to have the discipline even more so and be responsible to defuse a situation and de-escalate it uh, than take yeah. it to the next level, even when you're probably legally justified to, right. to yeah. use that deadly force. Right. And, right. and that's the other thing, too, is, is de-escalation is such a big component. And then the other thing that we preach, too, in, even in the advanced classes, is, is uh, avoidance. You know, it's just, you know, it's like, hey, you know, like in your case, you know, uh, you know, you pull up to the gas pump, this guy pulls up beside you, and, you know, maybe there's been a... You know, I accidentally cut him off or whatever. Uh, could you go to another gas station? Just, you know, you know, stay in the car and go down to the next one and let him. And then if he starts following you, then it's more he's escalating it. Sure. Um, then both of you turn it in the, the same place at the same time. And I know I've done that uh, before when I've been driving. It's like, man, I think this car's following me. And then, you know, I go and do my, my classic uh, three uh, three lefts or four lefts. You know, where I live, that's just more of a triangle, so it's really three lefts. But, you know, and we come back to the exact same intersection, and it's like, yeah, this guy's following me. Yeah. You know, and it's not the, the paranoia, you know. Um, and then and then you got some choices to make. Like, you can go to a well-lit area. You can call the cops and have them try to intercept you. You can go to a police station. Fire stations are real good, too. There's always guys with axes in fire stations. I wonder why that is. You just don't know what the <laughs> mindset is these days for that other person right right mm-hmm. I mean, yeah you're coming to it with your perspective of what you think somebody would do but uh that may be a completely other scenario you have no idea what kind of day this person mm-hmm. you know if you were the final straw yeah right i mean and and so that's the perspective that you need to keep things in yeah right? something on a uh, something super minor you know like cut somebody off or i went out of turn at the four-way stop or whatever and you know, as far as you know, they got served earlier that day, um, you know, to be divorced from their wife of 30 years mm-hmm. or their kid died or, or whatever family member died. So, yeah, it could be just something super simple um, that's way blown up in their head. I agree. But, yeah, escalation, de-escalating it, and, and avoidance, I think, are two big keys. Look, and that's got to come up in a civil court, right? Just yeah. like it does for law enforcement as a private citizen, you better be prepared, right, right. to justify to law enforcement. Why you did it why you took the actions, mm-hmm. why it was necessary uh, for you to take those actions, and then not only have the knowledge of um, of the laws, but you you have to understand how civil proceedings are going to work. And, um, you know, when you're involved in those critical situations defending yourself, um, I cannot stress this enough, what you say to law enforcement and first responders is critical, and it may make the difference between you ending up in a criminal case, yep. yeah. right, um, or you just ending up maybe with some uh, a civil issue that yeah. you're going to have to deal with. And, um, you know, in times of crisis when you're stressed and that heart rate is you jacked s- yeah, up. You say things. And you, <laughs> you say the wrong things that can really yeah. make a difference right. uh, between, you know, fighting for your life and being concerned um, or... You know, I got the SOB. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, right. And, Good point. And my thing is, I tell people all the time is, don't. And this is no offense, sheriff, but don't don't talk to the cops. They're they are there to write reports and make arrests, and you should only release statements through your attorney. Oh, see, I think and, you should completely confess to the police whenever they ask anything. <laughs> and uh, no, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, Mar- I, don't give, I don't give that advice. Yeah. You know, we'll continue I, this part of the discussion <laughs> off the air. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will. T- I, listen, I will tell you. 
uh, these are critical situations. Yeah. I mean, you know, the best advice, and some of my best friends are defense attorneys, um, you know, you have to have competent representation. Yes, absolutely. Police yeah. officers need competent representation when they're involved in a shooting, uh, and an average citizen sometimes does as well. Yep. All right, we got to take a break, but we've got more to go. I want to get uh, Sheriff and Aaron's uh, thoughts on some of the bills that have been introduced here in the St. Louis area that uh, will affect some gun rights, and uh, particularly the one about uh, gun dealers. Get Aaron's thoughts on that when we get back. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Second Amendment Radio. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast and the great outdoors 97.1 fm talk well the debate has already started off yeah. the air so let's do this on the air <laughs> welcome back to second Amendment radio chad i don't i don't do this often Good music today. Hey, there you go. I, 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 I love you, that man. organ opening. I'm like, I man, I feel like I'm in church. This is awesome. That's uh, right. So Chad Ellis, producer of the Stars, Aaron Tarlow, the owner of Southern Armory, uh, Jefferson County Sheriff Dave Marshak, all in studio with us. Uh, I'm Tony Colombo. You are listening to Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. And uh, what I wanted to get into, we got one more segment to go on today's show. Uh, is this new, there's a couple, we'll see if, if we have time to get to, to how many we can get to, but the one I want to talk about the most, it's probably getting the most press, is this new law that's being proposed in the city of St. Louis that would require gun store dealers, uh, or gun, gun dealers, to uh, turn into police any failed background <clears throat> checks. Aaron is the owner of Southern, Tar- of, the Southern, owner of Southern Armory. Name is Aaron Tarlow, the owner. I almost said the owner of Southern Tarlow. Um, that's not right at all. But anyway, you own a gun store. I do. What do you think of the so, idea of having to turn over to police anytime somebody fails a background check so at your store? There's a couple of things going on here. Um, and I, we, we kind of talked about this off the air, but when ATF comes in and does an inspection, which happens every few years for a retail storefront, they actually get, uh, we keep a folder for denies. So everybody that gets approved. They go chronologically in order by date and time into a folder, and then if you get denied, it goes into a separate folder, and it's kept uh, same thing, date and time. Mm-hmm. So, um, but the thing is, is you know we're putting that into the FBI system, so the FBI knows already when who, somebody's been denied. When somebody's been denied, and it's funny because you know I can't prove this per se, but you know I watch 
watched ATF do several inspections at Southern Armory, and they would count, right? And then they would go to their separate sheet and look to see, I guess, if that number matched the number that was in the folder, if mm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then since we number all of our other ones, you know, from whatever to whatever, they would pull like a three-section you know, a three-month section, and they would know how many background checks we ran in that three months, and then they would look at those to see if those matched the same numbers. If not, they knew that there was a, a problem in the paperwork somewhere. Uh, so I've seen them take copies of our denieds before, and um, and then they've looked at our NFA stuff too. So and go what ahead. do they do with it? So right, and so that's kind of my my point is what do they what do they do with it? So my hope is that the ATF field office is. You know, putting Aaron, all that let's in. Talk. A, I know. Aaron, I know. Let's talk. <laughs> hey, I let's got talk. my hopes. I got my hopes. So, Sheriff, from the at least from you, I was going to say from a law enforcement standpoint, but at least from your standpoint, w- what do you think of the idea of of gun stores having to call you guys every time somebody gets uh, mail you. it's fluff to me? It's fluff legislation, okay. yeah. right? I mean, clearly the city of St. Louis has some violent issues. Um, they need to address it, but I don't know that. Um, you know, my question is, what's going to happen with this information, right? So uh, you already document it. You already keep mm-hmm. it. You transfer it to the uh, ATF. And the and FBI's city, already got it. To the, the city of St. Louis, mm-hmm. right? That information, you know, through this legislation is going to direct that information to the St. Louis City Police Department. Yeah. That is dealing with record high homicides. Yes. They're down a couple of hundred officers. Yeah. any given time. Yeah. You know, they're right short that. on the road. They have other issues. Um, my question is, what are they going to do with the information? You can gather all you want. Right. You know, but uh, what is the police department going to do with that information? And I think in terms of... Doesn't it, in your mind... It needs to... You know, we need to address violence in this region. Doesn't it need continue to, to put the... It, it continues to just kind of paint the picture of... Law enforcement's not doing their the job. Ro- well, yeah, well, the 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 reason for gun violence is because of the gun dealer and because of the gun owners. And it's, it's like they're always trying to put limitations on on people buy, legal, trying to legally purchase guns. It's never, what are we going to do about the criminals? Right. It's part of the narrative. It's part of the narrative that guns are part of the problem. That's what this is, in, in my opinion. You know, we have a violence issue. Yes, we have a violent issue, uh, violence issues in St. Louis City. Um, but, you know, Jefferson County with, uh, you know, 230,000 people, uh, I would definitely argue that uh, based on our population and our demographics, there's more than 100,000 firearms in Jefferson County. Mm-hmm. And I think we've had one or two homicides this year. So right. it's not about firearms. I continue to stand by that. And I just don't feel that this legislation is really addressing some of those root causes. I think it's it's one more thing to put onto a police department that is already stressed right. um, and that is already struggling to you know, complete their, their primary feel mission. Good, like you said, fluff. It's feel-good yeah. legislation that makes it look like you're doing something, but anybody with any kind of knowledge knows it's you're really not so, getting and, a whole lot of And my other question now, because, uh, you know, they want us to report this, right? And they've already got the statistics from the FBI, and the FBI and the ATF are linked. So if the ATF really wanted to do this, they could see, hey, this person's been denied eight times in the last week, week. two weeks, whatever. Maybe we should go have a conversation with them. But then, you know, the other people don't realize, too, if you buy more than two pistols, 
in a week from the same dealer. Really, it's any dealer, but generally you don't know you were just at another store and sure. bought a gun. Uh, we have to do a multi-pistol sale, and then we send that to the sheriff and, or police uh, chief of where they reside. So my question is, like, what do you do with that? Because I know we mail them to Jefferson County. I've got customers in Jefferson County that will come in and buy a couple of them. My wife will go, hey, we're sending another one down to Sheriff Marshak. And I'll say, okay. And I've never had the, the thought to send you a text. I was like, hey, yeah. what do you do with these? It, it, they, they flow into my office, and then they flow into a file cabinet. The circular uh, bin? <laughs> no. No, oh, no. No, okay. we, you know, we maintain the file. Uh, but again, you have, to, you have to be realistic. And, and that goes along with uh, any legislation of how are you going to apply it. Right. And, you can, and so, you know, again, I, I think it goes back to, you know, I see those files. They come through my desk uh, yeah. in my stack of papers. They go to... What do you um, guys do with them? You just we, file we have them? a person that files them. You, do you uh, computerize no, them? No, 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 no. no. Okay. You know, th- we have to, again, uh, we don't have those resources. Right. And most people don't have extra resources just hanging out to do some of these things. Uh, you know, we work on efficiency. We prioritize uh, law enforcement issues, whether... <laughs> Um, you know, the criminal investigations and calls for service are all prioritized. And, you know, this information coming in, when I look at it from leadership perspective, is what's the correlation between somebody getting rejected who, you know, went to a business, filled out the paperwork, accurately gave their information, and then now was denied? What's the correlation to them going to commit violence? Um, and I haven't seen any real stats or validation that there's a correlation I, in terms of how we prioritize our business. Uh, I think it would sit low on the totem pole. So, and the other thing too is when you come in and you know there's yes and no questions. Food's never done a background check. It's called a 4473. You can Google it, ATF form 4473, and it'll be yes and no questions. And you know the first question is 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 this firearm for you? And if you select yes, then then we'll continue to read the yes and no questions. If you select no, then we end the sale right there. And then, you know, other questions like, have you been dishonorably discharged? Are you a felon? Do you have a restraining order? And if you start clicking yes on those, we don't even run it. So it never becomes a deny in the mm-hmm. aspect of we ran it through FBI and it got denied. So therefore, under, I guess, the bill they're proposing up here, you know, we would just, we would literally, it would go in a separate folder of just not completed background checks because we have our approves, we have our denieds, and we have our not completeds. And not completed are ones that people answered, you know, the, the yes and no questions wrong or the people that did the background check and then it expired out because they were like, we ran it. I want that gun. And then we ran it. We're like, you're approved. And then they're like, oh, man, I don't know if it's that one. I'm going to come back tomorrow. And then they don't come back for, you know, 30 days and the background checks expired. And, you know, and the argument here in the city of St. Louis is that, you know, it's going to somehow curb gun violence. Um, I'm not a St. Louis city resident. So I don't have a huge dog in this fight, other than I haven't seen any correlation between right. uh, those that have been denied, you know, lawful ownership of a firearm, and that those that are out committing crimes yeah. uh, with firearms. So I, I, would I be, don't believe it. And I, I and be, I've worked up in North County for uh, three years, many years ago. Um, but uh, you know, the people that I was stopping with firearms. Uh, weren't the ones that got rejected when they went to a store. Right. My thought would be, why don't we just vamp up the gun knowledge? Like, have it mandatory that you take classes to actually learn about guns, but, how to use, how to... But, be, you're, you're, but you're targeting the people who can legally possess them, not the ones who are prohibited possessors. I mean, say if I did this for a high school, like Missouri high schools, uh-huh. if it's mandatory that you learn about firearms firearm safety and all this mm-hmm. so it's not it's just like you had a, 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 a firearm go off at a university and then kill somebody you don't have those kind of incidents because yeah. you have 
knowledge, knowledge and you're not trying to carry yeah. oh i'm gonna hide my gun because my parents don't know i have it or something like that it's more of okay we am, we're embracing the guns as well as informing you about them so it's kind of like the uh, and I think that does tobacco yeah, campaigns back that in the, stuff does help in all the legal owners yeah and it may cut down on accidents yeah, like Chad it, just said and it, and it may keep but them it's where not going to stop their, keep the guns criminals. locked up it's not going to stop crime right yeah but it may keep them where they're locked up so now you're right. not getting cars you know cars broken into and firearms stolen and I mean you're still going to get cars broken into but you know maybe the the guns getting stolen get curved a little right. bit but. Um, yeah, I think you're just targeting the wrong people, and, and I don't know how to target the criminal. Well, and education is never—I mean, we talk about that all the right. time. Yeah, education never is bad never bad to have this education. Is, this is groundbreaking. Are you ready? Yeah, I'll go for it. We prosecute. Oh, come the, on now. I, the criminals. Listen, I know. This is a new concept. It's a new concept. <laughs> Lyda right? Cruson and you, uh, Bell no, take you, Listen, no names. I, I, here's what I'm telling <laughs> okay, you. No names. That we hold people accountable for their decisions. I agree. Regardless of what city or county they're in, well, yep. right? I want to get your you, thoughts on on one more piece of fluff uh, uh, legislation, and that is this: the other one that was sort of introduced at the same time as the uh, bill that would make gun dealers turn in uh, bad background checks. And that is the hundred dollar fine if you carry a firearm in any city park. Yeah, and the idea yeah. the per, the alderman that that proposed this said, our families need to know that there are safe places to go and gather and play, and so if we put a hundred dollar fine on anybody carrying a firearm in a city park, that'll make so, city parks couple, safe. Couple couple things. A, uh, I'd have to have an interaction with law enforcement, and um, and that means that they have to be like called because they there was some kind of reasonable suspicion that I've committed a crime, and then then they'd have to search me and find the gun. Um, but since I'm a law-abiding citizen and, and I don't, you know, interact with people per se, um, I would probably still carry in a park. You know, what do they not and understand then, about criminals yeah, don't obey then, the rules? And then the next thing is is uh, criminals don't obey the rules, so they don't care about $100 do fine. They, do they know that? Do they know th- when an alderman says something like, we need to have safe places for our families to go, so we're going to make it illegal to carry in a city f- park, do they know, do you think that they know that what that that's just total ridiculous crap that they're saying because bad guys don't follow the law and they just think that it's some fluffy good sound or do they really think that that's going to stop crime and uh, we got like one minute so (laughs) Uh, my official response is right come on i know listen it's it's, um again it's not gonna it's not gonna fix anything Mm -hmm. fluff legislation Uh, i will tell you as we uh, wrap something up real quick Mm -hmm. um i had a meeting uh, with senator whelan yesterday um, good news. I, I really feel that uh, uh, the mood in the Capitol is not going to address some of this crazy legislation that um, some of the far left is going to be pushing this next session. Yeah. And uh, I'm excited about where we're headed. Sheriff Dave Marshak from Jefferson County. How can people follow you I'm on, on Twitter? Twitter? Yeah. Yep, I'm on Twitter and on Facebook and um, uh, always out there uh, uh, pushing good policing and uh, support law enforcement. He's a late and night. Your second Amendment He's rights. a late night tweeter. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So am I, so I get it. I know, I got one at like 1 <laughs> o'clock in the morning. Like, what is he doing up? I'm trying to sleep. I, it, scares, it scares some of the staff at the office, like, uh-oh, 
uh, sheriff's, <laughs> sheriff's on a rant. But uh, no, I try to They're keep, rants, everything's reali- I, try to keep everything realistic, yeah. you know, yep. and uh, let's approach uh, our issues from a realistic standpoint. And of course, southernarmory.com and Southern Armory on Facebook. Facebook. Yep. Keep up uh, with everything happening at Southern Armory and Aaron that way. All right, we are going to wrap up today's show. You missed anything, download the podcast on the radio.com app, and we'll see you back here next week for another edition of Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors on 97.1 FM Talk. Get more at 971talk.com. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.